good song. A Miley Cyrus song? Yeah, I like that song. You know Miley Cyrus? Yes. I know Miley Come on. I'm not that old. I'm, well, I am that old. By the way, I uh, uh, paid out of my own pocket to upgrade to first class tomorrow. It was 100 bucks. I'm like, I'm doing that. I am absolutely doing that. Like, I love that. Look at you being all bougie going to LA. I know. Oh, wait. By the way, cheers. Let's just start. Yeah, so Natty natty episode, no punts allowed. First class edition. Um, wait till you see the can that I'm working with. Um, but yeah, so so flying to LA yes. and I get the I get the upgrade on or the uh, option on the app, and it's like, you gonna do this? And five whatever it is, four and a half hour, five hour flight. Like, I am a first class snob. I don't fly so. first class a lot, by the way. You know this. Like the grind of of sports reporting is not a first class life. But when you can do it, it is like the it is the most amazing flying experience possible. It really is. So, what something maybe people don't know that are listening about you would be Ooh, that good. you do have some back problems sometimes. Yep. So I would encourage you to fly first class whenever you can, because I know that yeah, I, you do have, have that going for you. So well, if you ever wanted to like justify flying first class, use that. I mean, not that you ever need to, because here on this I, podcast, we support you being bougie. Um, but that is absolutely I, hilarious. That I'm also you, still haunted by my, my flying experience where I watched the Mets game next to a man who was wider than I, and I am wide. And it was horrifying. So you're, you're giving me $100. Now, I'm interested because it's like a morning flight. Okay. Uh, I don't have to – we don't have any work. To like, do. I to, was just going to say, am I going to be met with a, a like bit a of a drunk, buzz? Yeah, a yeah. A drunk yeah, pro- like, Paige, pro- from across pro- the hotel. Probably. Like, this is this is the thing. I'm already kind of scouting this out. Like, what, what do I do? I could start with, like, maybe a cup of coffee. But, no, maybe a screwdriver. It's like a 10 a.m. flight. I got no work. I've got no yeah. kids. I feel like I should. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to like let this one loose a little bit here. Like it, it, it's time. I'm not that you need my approval, but I support this endeavor. I also I imagine you just like sitting in first class listening to First Class by Jack Harlow. I know you oh, said yeah. you know who Miley Cyrus was right before we started this, but I'm just making sure. I hope you know that song. Just the whole time, just sitting there just smiling on repeat, and you're just like another one, another one, another one. Yeah, I mean, um, you've got no responsibilities. I, mean, I got, I've got if, if you're not to in the hotel within an hour after your flight, I'll I'll call you and. Oh no, you've you. seen you've seen the intake, um, and I think planes have, like I think the last time I threw, flew first class, there was like a mm-hmm. not a limit, but they've like they've kind of kept it on the rails here for drinking and first. Like I've never been hammered really? in first class. Oh, yeah, not, see, I flew first class to Hawaii with my family this summer. And I was nice and buzzed. Okay. Um, but I see, oh, I am on Southwest, so I can't fly first class. But let's just hope my flight, you know, isn't Jesus. canceled and gets there. Yeah. Um, I was the beneficiary, I will say. So I did have a flight that was canceled by Southwest on December 28th. And I got 25,000 miles. Oh, wow. So they're, they're just like. They're like, we're so sorry about ruining everything. Yeah, everything. Holiday. You get reimbursed, and then you also get 25,000 miles. So if you haven't seen that email and you um, had a flight canceled, I think it was in like Christmas Eve to January 2nd, if you had a flight canceled, you could 
reimbursed for a bunch of stuff and you should have gotten 25,000 miles. So definitely check that. It's a pro tip on the podcast today. Um, well, that's, it, I am excited. So yes, No Punts is headed to LA for the game. Woo-hoo. We will be doing content there. Um, I am very excited about SoFi Stadium. Um, Me too. I've, do you have a favorite stadium that, um, like that you've visited, like to watch a football game in? You've, you've traveled now, college, NFL? Yeah, I feel like I have to say Caesars Superdome because I've been there twice. So I was there for, um, the college football national championship and was there for the final four. Can't beat the location. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. Or or host host city. Host city is wonderful. Oh yeah. Like Lucas oil was cool because I've seen like a lot of like, um, obviously NFL games there in terms of like on TV, but I've seen a lot of like cool basketball stuff there as well. So yeah, Lucas, um, Oil, Lucas Oil is nice. Atlanta's, I don't know what that is, Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz. That's one that, I really want to go to but have not been to yet, and I feel like it would be really nice. Although I do hate that they close their Chick-fil-A on Sunday. Um, yes, it is weird. It, it's it's cool because it's walkable and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. like the whole circular scoreboard thing on that. So we will have stadium reports. We will have... Yeah, SoFi is not, what I know of it, is not walkable to anything. You're not really going to be walk, wanting to walk around that area. So the stadium itself is going to be the treat. How far is that from the airport? Do you know yet? Like, do we know what I situation? I don't know. I want to say it's like 15 minutes from our hotel at least. Oh, that's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. Um, but do you remember in New Orleans, we got a, a um, uh, what's it called? The motorcade? The oh, like, yeah. Do you remember we got the police escort to oh, yeah. the stadium? I remember in Arizona, we, they gave us one, and from Scottsdale to Glendale, it's a ride. So we were like, oh, that's on the highway. I know. It was like it was like a long, it was like, I why do are love they, that stadium. A bunch of shithead media members getting um, a, a police escort has always been strange to me. Like, we do not need that. Um, Makes us feel fancy. But it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward be. to the game, and we can actually talk a little bit before we do municipal Shout out to Municipal, our friends at Municipal, um, who I'm seeing everywhere. I know I mentioned this in the pod yes. before. Like It feels like I, I'm going to say that we are part of this movement. And we are. Totally. Yeah, it's exclusively us, but hoping to get some face-to-face municipal action yes. in L.A., although the week's going to go by insanely fast, but we're hoping to do that. Either way, cheers to Municipal. Friends cheers to Municipal. They'll be my airport outfit, probably. Municipal.com. No punch 20. Um, yes. Get your so, goods. Oh, okay. also on that note, hold on. I will say there were people that sent me images of, they followed us on YouTube, on um, Twitter and Instagram. And um, I think in the Apple situation, whatever the podcast one you can follow and show that you follow. Um, I will get you guys municipal stuff soon. The winner Fant- of that. Fantastic. Yeah, you got to deliver now after that. Yeah. Just saying. Um, all right, so let's talk semis. Let's talk New Year's Day. Mm. Um, I I have Lincoln Riley thoughts. I have semifinal thoughts. I've got Penn State thoughts. Where do you want to start? We should probably start with the semis, right? Um, yeah. First and foremost, hell yes. Finally, we've waited like a decade for that day I know. of football. Um, I've got. Well, why don't we start TCU Michigan? Um, I actually have to start with the goddamn playing surface. Like, yeah. 
what the hell? The the refs were falling. The kickers are slipping. Like, they're going to host the Super Bowl. Their franchise quarterback just ripped up his knee. You can't correlate that directly to the surface. But all is not well. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually fully – I enjoyed the game immensely. I couldn't immerse myself fully because everywhere I looked, somebody was falling down. And I hate it. Um, So I don't know if you were as bothered by that as I was watching, watching that game. It bothered me, but the the fact that that game was such a good game clouded my anger in any way, shape, or form. So I was a little bit the opposite. I was just in awe of what was happening and so excited that we were getting such a good game. It was a great game. It was not the game I was expecting. Um, Michigan, like what an oddly paced game. Like Michigan rips off that big run to start. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be blowout. Like, they, oh no. And then they, and then they you know, Stop stumble them. and they yeah. fumble. The officials played a role in that game. Oh, that was bad. That was such a college football game. Like, that was so college football that it hurt. Now, you had TCU to cover, right? Like, in that Mm -hmm. game? Mm -hmm. So, I did not. I had Michigan, and at no point did I feel good about that. But I thought there was a part of me in that game page that thought, like, Michigan will come back and win this game. Like Yeah. Oh, I thought that, like, TCU was going to run out of gas. I thought the breaks that they were getting – and the defensive stops, I was like, they're going to eventually get tired. Like, this is eventually going to go the other way. And it didn't. And it was chef's kiss. We will talk Harbaugh and we will talk TCU. Mm-hmm. But I do think Michigan, that is a huge blown opportunity. Because I think in this game, they would have had a real chance. I think, I, I mean, it feels a little more wide open. So, they, I mean, they absolutely, yeah, not good. TCU earned it. Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, Michigan gave it away. They made some mistakes, no doubt. TCU benefited. That's yeah. football. That's, like, the way it goes. Um, Ohio State, Georgia was a chaotic mess of a football game as Holy well. Holy smokes. Yeah. I feel very bad for C.J. Stroud. I I still feel bad for C.J. Stroud. He played so friggin' well in this game. I know. Like, how did they lose that game? I I was sad. Like I know that like football games come down to kicks all the time, but I hated that that ended that way. Like it, it bothered me that it ended the way that it did because, like one, obviously there was a questionable first down or not timeout being called on that fake play. Like there was just a lot of things that I felt were, and I mean Michigan fans could probably say the same thing about some of the officiating in their um, game, but I just felt like. Wow, Ohio State even fought back after all of that and still ended up in the situation of a missed field goal. And it just, it was heartbreaking. It wasn't even like a kind of a miss. It was just. Oh my God. And at the stroke of midnight. Like, yeah, that was the other thing. Like That was like, I mean, you couldn't have scripted it better in terms of like being a Georgia fan, but like how horrible is that? That, like, that's how your year starts as Ohio State and Ohio State fan. I just didn't feel like I – th- I think a lot of people thought that Georgia was going to dominate that game because of what they saw of Ohio State from Michigan. And we both have talked about this. Like, you can't look at Ohio State basically as those last two games of the years were not the Ohio State team that we were used to seeing all year. And so we're like, don't judge them based on, you know, a bad half of football even in the Michigan game. And – 
people did and they really I really don't think people thought it was going to be close at all and then to have it be the way that it was and have Ohio State dominate in the way that they did in certain aspects of it you know I oh my it was uh, frustrating our futures bets our future bets dead yeah went up in dramatic flames I was upset about that there was a there was a part in this game where I was thinking like wow I can actually pick the national championship winner two years in a row and also, yeah, if you, we, we, but, but we talk about um, Michigan feeling like it blew a chance. Like Ryan Day, I mean, this is this one's going to hurt. And again, yeah. I'm not saying TCU isn't good, but you have a chance to go up against a team that you are much more talented than from a roster standpoint. Like mm-hmm. um, there was some there were some bizarre plays in this game too. Also, Marvin Harrison um, Jr. getting hit. Was it targeting or not? I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I could definitively say that, like, he got hit really hard. We've seen worse things called targeting, I yeah. thought. Um, what did you think? Did you have a strong take? I, I It's a tough one for me. I don't know. I don't know what targeting is. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea what targeting is at this point because it's very yeah. difficult. I mean, even the end of the, the Michigan TCU game. Like I, Which, like, I was like, okay, we're reviewing it for targeting, and then it's not targeting. And if it was, what what happens after that if it was? And I think maybe yeah. they called it not targeting because they didn't want to have to deal with the what-ifs of the rest of it. So at this point, like, there are the rules. I know what I think targeting is, but I don't actually know what it is because it's just gotten so twisted. And I, I hate also when it's, like, deciding big games. Like, I, I think it was the Arkansas, Arkansas game. Yeah. And... Yep. And they, it's like, you just, at this point, it's like almost annoying that it's even called because you know they have to make the call based on like what's not going to affect the game the most or they make the call and it affects the game majorly. It's like, I don't know at this point what targeting is and I don't, I don't want to say either way that that was or not, but there's a lot of very questionable things going forward in terms of targeting that we need to figure out. It creates a very frustrating fan experience for sure. Yes. Um, And we'll talk about, uh, Georgia and obviously a lot of Georgia here coming up in the natty. I do want to spread it around a little bit. Um, I want to talk about USC. So, uh, boy. So, we're like, I had Tulane. I bet Tulane. I was very happy. Mm-hmm. I also was, frankly, in awe of that meltdown. And narrative one, because this is the narrative for Lincoln Riley. These teams don't play defenses, and they they find ways to lose games. And you have the best football player, college football player right now on the planet, and Caleb Williams, and you blew it. Um, they, I mean, what a what a choke! I have no other way to say it. Like, and if you're USC, right? Is he going to fire his defensive coordinator? Alex Grinch, who came over from Oklahoma, you've got one more year of Caleb Williams. And it's crucial that you figure out this thing this offseason because mm-hmm. it's not – they're recruiting well. They just got a great quarterback. He's not going to have a quarterback as good as this in his yeah. tenure at Oklahoma. I feel confident saying. So it, it's such a strange season for, Oklahoma, for USC because um, it was a great year. They somehow managed to live up to expectations, and yet it ended so poorly – that we're kind of left wondering, what the hell? Where do we go from here? Yeah. I think for Lincoln Riley, he winning that game would have justified not firing somebody he brought over from Oklahoma, obviously, Grinch, like you mentioned. 
now he has no choice and he needs to make that choice because he cannot waste another year of Caleb Williams with a defense that's not going to be able to stand up and, and make it to the playoff, if not win a national championship. You can't Correct. do that. You It will make me question him as a leader if he does not make that call. I understand that this is somebody you brought over. I understand it's somebody you have a close relationship with. But in order to take the next step, you're going to need to do something. And so unless you come up with another creative way to figure this out defensively, you need it's it's has to happen or you're just ne- your legacy is going to continue down this path of this narrative. And I know he doesn't give a flying you know what about narrative, but you want to win championships. So like sticking just to that, like you you have to do something. You can't you can't go another year of this and go, oh, "Okay, now we do it." Like you only get players like Caleb for so long, like figure it out. You got one year. So it's funny. I um, I started working on my preseason uh, way too early top twenty five for twenty twenty three, and I we could talk about this in the coming weeks. But USC is a really tough one for me to figure yeah. out because I have Washington ranked higher, I have Oregon ranked higher, and I'm thinking about Utah ranked higher than USC, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like we don't, you know. I'm after that because you do have the best football player in the country, but you're losing a lot offensively and defensively. You've got help coming, but it it feels like it's going to be the Caleb Williams show again. And it feels like it's going to be a fucking Oklahoma team. It's It feels like it's going to be like Kyler Murray running around like crazy and Baker yeah. Mayfield. Like it, it's not, it doesn't, like generate a lot of confidence in a really weird way. Yeah. Lincoln Riley needs to get in the transfer portal for defense. Like you, you know how to work the system, work it to your favor and get your defense in a situation that they can succeed. Certainly there's been moments and flashes where they've done their job, but it's not enough. It, that that complete meltdown. And, and let's not just put it all on the defense coaching wise. No, 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 no. That, that certainly can be cleaned up, but I think that you have no choice but to do something. And like even even looking at it now, it's like almost is it too late? You also have another year before you're going to a conference that you're gonna need some defense, or you're not going to be able to outscore them and win. Besides Iowa, of course. But it's <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, I can't hear I you over to. all the Kate Mara- McNamara. McNamara hype, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like you have to figure it out. You, this is the year to legitimately make drastic changes and figure it out because it's going to only get harder from here. I'm sorry, are you talking about Iowa that shut out the Kentucky Wildcats in their bowl game? That was amazing. That what was a, the defensive touchdown. I, was just absolutely was, amazing. That was the, the perfect fa- Iowa football game. The fact that that was played the same day as the semis was like, <laughs> like, is this the same sport? It really didn't feel like it. Um, okay, the last thing I want to talk about on New Year's Day, other than Iowa, is Penn State. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we're going to talk a lot of Penn State, I think you and I, over the next couple of months and months ahead. Um, two things about this game stood out. Uh, well, three things. A, it's a real bummer that Cam Rising got hurt. God, yes. he's fun to watch. Um, uh, B, I don't know if I said one, two, or A, B. Letters or numbers, whatever that. You sound is. like Buzz from Home Alone. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> one. The Sean Clifford. The Sean Clifford moment was poetic. Super cool. This is a guy that's had such a mixed relationship with the program and its fans. Yeah. Um, but you rarely get like this walk off 
tear driven I mean, it was like, it was poetic's a great word for it. And I think that was really neat. And then the last thing, a C three last was Penn state is, is going to be that team off season champion teams, Penn state, Florida state and Washington. But -hmm. you look at some of the freshmen that Penn state has, they have a great quarterback. They have a couple of fucking fantastic running backs. They have some good defensive players. Like, I'm kind of feeling it for You're Penn State. In. I'm kind of buying it. So I don't know if any of those things were interesting to you. The Clipper thing was the coolest one. That was like a really neat moment. Yeah, and I told you guys to make that bet because I told you stepdad's Cha-ching. birthday, Penn State fan, 60th birthday, and it worked out. That was his Cashed. birthday present. Cashed out. So Cashed. that was the that positive. W- but yeah, I'm excited about that program for sure. Yeah, program. no. Pro- program. So Program. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna like kind of rip through. We always say we're gonna have a fast pod, but we have to pack. We have to get ready to be hungover on a plane or after a plane ride. All those things. So we have topics that we want to talk about. Then we're gonna talk about the natty. Yes. But uh, Ryan Day not calling <laughs> plays potentially. Um, I have mixed feelings about this. Mm-hmm. What do you? What do you, I think it's smart for him to do this because he's saying that, and he's is kind of. There's failing spectacularly in these huge moments. So I like the fact that he's looking at this to do it. But it's also something he's really good at. Good so like, at, yeah. But yeah, so like, where are you on this discussion? I have mixed feelings. This isn't like with Jimbo where I'm like, oh, thank God he's going to allow somebody else to call plays. You know, um, it it concerns me a little bit that like um, the outside pressure is a little bit seeping in internally and it's becoming like okay I have to do something otherwise they're going to be really mad and not lay off my back and and it's going to be difficult I I think it's okay I will see like the decision he actually makes and what specifically this is more about but I didn't like the phrase that I think it was Herb Street that was reporting this and he was saying like he'll take more of like a a managerial approach Yes. And because there's so much stuff that head coaches do. I'm like, yeah, that that's true. But also, like, I don't think a knock on Ryan Day is that he can't manage all of that stuff. I think that's something that is required of a really good overall coach is to be able to do the play calling and that. And to also, like, there are certain coaches that certainly have delegated other things. But I think it's a strange strategy for Ryan Day to think that he's going to allow somebody else to have a lot of say, but I understand making the call in the sense of something does have to change because they're in a situation where they need to be winning these games. I um Yes. I think it's all, it's all good points. I actually think, I think he's one of the best play callers on the planet. I think he's made some dumb decisions like punting in against Michigan and, um, and he's actually, they caught some really bad breaks too. Like they just not. Oh, like the, the call that he made, that was a great call uh, to it, fake it, punt. And then it just gets negated. That's his, his best wide receiver getting knocked out of this game. Like there's some, like there's some legitimate things. I also think he'd be a great NFL coach because your support and your people around, you can go hire like Wade Phillips to like go manage your defense and you could be in the office and have all these support things. But I, I think he's really good at calling plays. And yeah. you wonder, I, I think he's trying to address a problem and I can't get on him for that because clearly they're like they're like this short. They're like an inch short of being 
champion. So you have to look at it. But they'll go kick. It's yeah. also like what makes you great is his play calling. He's they're yeah. a, a machine. So I'm curious to see, but I appreciate the self reflection, right? Like that's yeah, what Yeah, I appreciate that he's willing to do it. I think a lot of coaches are very stubborn. Um and let it get like bad, bad. In this circumstance, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about this, like managing the expectation of how bad it is for for Ohio State right now. It's not in like dire like disarray here, like no. Texas A and M is. It's a de- definitely a different situation. I feel bad for him. Me they too. Play, they played a great game. Um, I do. I feel bad because I think he's a really good coach, and like I. Football is so could be cruel, and I thought he coached a great game. I thought his players played like all of this. And you looked at like the shock of Georgia and like like not knowing what happened. And he could have been there if a kicker didn't hit one of my tee shots for a a field goal attempt. Oh my god, that was I knew he was going to miss it too when they didn't let him get a kickoff beforehand and they called the timeout before. It was so bad. I I was like, nope, that's it. That's it. It's not going in because he didn't get now, a practice shot and didn't see it go through. He is now, not. I, his play calling is great, but giving your kicker a 50-yarder, also not a great strategy, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah. So, um, but yes, I think it's a good idea, but I'm interested to see how it works out. Now, let's talk his rival, um, the man who once said Ryan Day was born on, what, third base, right? Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Great line. Great line. Mr. Jim Harbaugh released a statement that – do you collect – my kids love Pokemon cards. Um, I used to collect so, Pokemon. Okay, so so is there any reason why this graphic from Michigan looks like a Pokemon card? Have you seen the tweet? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, remember when you said, oh, did you see it? I have <laughs> I I yeah. All right, so literally yeah. as we're coming on to talk yeah, about so this, can... uh, Jim Harbaugh releases a statement. And I'm going to just read oh. a part of it because a lot of it's just a big word salad. But it's a Pokemon graphic, uh, and it says, I'm aware of the rumors and speculation over the past few days. Colleges and NFL teams um, uh, college and NFL teams have great interest in all of our personnel, from players to coaches to staff, and I truly believe that it is a testament to strength under university, blah, 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 blah. As I state in December, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect that I'll be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. I've spoken to these people, blah, 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 blah. Um, he gone, okay? He gone. Like, I, it, it, it's happening. I, I, like, did, did you well, not? no one knows what the future holds. Like I said to you before this, actually, you do know what the future holds when you can say, I'm not actually entertaining any of these, so then you would know what the future holds. So if he's entertaining these conversations, which it sounds like he is, um... I won't believe it until it actually happens because we've been having this conversation for God knows how long. Um, but also, wouldn't it be like, I mean, no offense to Michigan fans, but like, wouldn't it be kind of funny? Because they gave him so much shit for so long. And I'm sure they're not thrilled about the the loss in the in the um, playoff situation. But they're happy to be there, I think, in some aspect and think that the next step is just right there. Oh, yeah. It's a really so good for him roster. to dip before it actually happens would be like kind of funny and like revenge of like the what first seven years of of just like absolute hate on on this situation. Really good roster. Um, yeah, it would be. It 
Poetic is the word to use too. Again, poetic. I think I, That's but to also at some point, because I remember last year he flirted with the Vikings. They didn't hire him, and um, this is a matter of time. And if you're a Michigan fan at this point, you're probably like just get it over with, because you don't want to do this shit every off season. He's going to win ten or eleven games again next year. Yeah, you're going to do this. And if you're an NFL team, by the way, what candidate out there other than Sean Payton? Um, he's a better candidate than Jim Harbaugh. Like, yeah. Like what candidate, like, I feel like hiring coaches is really hard. Um, you know how I feel about Harbaugh. I think he's a great coach and it's cool that he's revived his career. Also the money for NFL coaches. I did not know we were getting like goofy. I think Sean Payton or, um, McVay makes like, I don't know, $16 million a year. To coach, I didn't know we were there with NFL coaches. I I've been out of the loop a little bit, so they're talking about giving Harbaugh then probably fifteen million a year, something something along those lines, maybe even more. Yeah. That's a double his Michigan salary or something close to it. Yeah, he'll obviously get another new deal out of Michigan for this. Um, yeah, it's also like in terms of spending money, like it's a smart spend. Like Jim Harbaugh is not somebody who isn't proven in the NFL and is just a coach that you think can make the transition over, sort of like the Panthers had before. So, I mean, it's a smart way to spend money. I wouldn't be t- wouldn't be mad if Harbaugh was the you know coach of my NFL team, but I'm good for now. He was, so I'm all right. But uh, yeah, you're all, you are okay. Your I'm okay, needs- but I also have Don Harbaugh as the coach of my my team, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> I'm good for now. But I mean, in terms of like, if I was a Panthers fan, I wouldn't be mad at that situation. But it'd oh, be I'd strange. Be I feel like it would be very strange for him to leave Michigan, though. After everything he's word salad, like you said, and said about this program and everything that they're doing, and how big of a pain in the butt he can be. Um. Yeah, it wasn't. I'm not yeah. particularly a fan. Also, I would just like to say, um, shout out to Molly McGrath for being incredibly professional when Jim Harbaugh was not and continues to not be on the field. Um, to reporters, even like Jenny Taft or whoever's doing their job and trying to ask him a question before the game. Uh, Molly asked him a question before the game and he said, you know, we'll have to, that's something that I'd have to answer after the game. Well, too bad you didn't win the game and you couldn't answer it after the game, Jim. Ooh, you know, he is just a certified weirdo. Like, I, it, it's not an act. I don't even think he means it to be a dick. Um, mm, I don't know. I, I No, I think he's... I've interviewed <sighs> no, him. I, he is just a fucking weird guy. He might be a dick. But in some of those interviews, I could... It's like the hamster wheel. I'm like, oh, yeah, that hamster wheel's working for him to try to um, do an answer. Like, I just yeah. think it's... I, 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 And the players like him, by the way. Like, which yeah. is... It's always interesting. Like, players seem to genuinely... Mm-hmm. like him but um no i think after a while though you someone would i would hope that someone would point it out to you that it's rude and disrespectful and he continues to do it to those trying to do their job and i don't think he would be okay with somebody treating him that way um while he was trying to do his job so that's all i'm saying is i just think maybe oh no some self-awareness. It, oh yeah he's um it's not even an excuse i just think yeah his social thermometer is fucking broken as hell I like do want to say, did you see how um, Twitter was responding to the fact that, like, the, the media person put their hand, like, in front of Harbaugh and he didn't really, like, react? He just said, okay, like, not to run out of the tunnel. And people lost it about Sark. And, like, it wasn't even relevant. And people were like, that video, by the way, was 
not uh, good. We didn't talk about that on this podcast because I didn't really see it until later. And it was dude. like too late to talk about it at that point. Um, buddy. Has has he released a statement or anything? I don't I think so. I mean, that's um That was yikes. bad. Okay, if you haven't so, seen this video, basically there was a media person who worked for the broadcast network that was telling them to hold on and they were coming out of the tunnel and he touched his chest and there was like a delay where like he thought about it for a second and then Sark just like lost and I was like, don't ever get- touch me again, motherfucker. Like, oh, it yeah. was wild. Don't oh, put your and- hands on me again. Like, it was scary. And the guy was like, what? It wasn't like he like shoved him. He literally stuck his hand out. And Sark, like, lost it on this guy, and, I mean, I, it was weird because he, like, paused before he reacted. Yeah, he, and the rage on his face was real. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I mean, that is, look, okay, people can be weird about being touched, but if a guy put his hand on me, like, first off, I'm surprised a guy like that is so, like, he should be so immersed, and that's probably the delay, because he's probably thinking about it. But yeah, he was like, that, that guy is, just touched me. That guy, look, Sark has obviously been through some shit. Yeah. Um, and of course, people are equating this to that. But it's a, it's a response of rawness that you don't often see that you can't help but have takeaways to this is how this person is constructed behind the scenes. Because Sark in interviews is very collective, is very insightful. I like mm-hmm. him. I'm happy he's got a second chance. I saw that though, and I—that's a reputation ruiner for some people. Like that is crazy yeah. that you would ever talk to a stranger like that, whether they're touching you or not. Like holy also, shit! Like and to not have the awareness that like you're clearly going to be on camera. Like they—he has that awareness. And look, I'm not saying people have to be perfect, but like you shouldn't treat anyone like that. Period. Cameras around or not. It's, but like the could, fact that there was no awareness that like you that for certain that behavior was going to be seen by someone, especially your players. But it's like one thing if you say, "Hey man, can you not touch me?" Yeah, like, don't touch me okay. again. Like, hey back man, off. hey man, come on, man. Like, I even get me. like being like, "Hey, don't touch me again," and being like serious about it. He was like up in this guy's face, like he looked like a dog, just like, like get it was your, so scary. Uh, I watched the video and I was like, "What in the world?" I know it was like. Uh, and then they lost to Washington, and I bet them, and it was bad. Um, okay, another, speaking of coaches with some baggage. Oh, gosh. Uh, Bobby Petrino, back in the saddle at Texas A&M, uh, was at UNLV for a month, maybe? Mm-hmm. Was it a month? And then is now going to be in charge with fixing Jimbo's offense. Okay, I'm going to... Have a football take. Jimbo is doing the thing I told him to do. Yes. And we've told him is, to do. We absolutely Jim, think this is a move that needed to be make, made. Jimbo, but. Jimbo is doing the thing to help justify paying him $80 million moving forward. However, I, it blows my mind that you can't find somebody who Else. doesn't have this level of baggage to, to do it. Like, I can't believe we're here. Uh, and yet, it, Paige, you know what? It's probably going to work out. Like, Nick Saban was probably like, shit. Okay. Like, the guy knows offense. The guy knows football. 
Um, yeah. I mean, am I surprised? No, because DJ Durkin is the defensive coordinator, so I, I'm not surprised. That is a staff right there. That like, is like a... That is a staff. Let me just say, morally, this staff, not great. Look, I don't believe in, you know, condemning people, but... Petrino? Okay. DJ Durkin is far worse than... Yes, yes. I totally know where you're going with that. Absolutely. What happened with DJ Durkin is far worse. Uh, It's not a personal... It's not a personal thing that was like a football-related situation. The other part of it was just being, you know, irresponsible and gross. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like, but how fucking funny is it that Petrino leaves his team after three weeks... And this is not, by the way, that's not unheard of in college football. We've seen that. You see it like a a couple of times a year, guys do that. But like, I just, everything about this is just so scummy. And yet it could be, it could save A&M. It could save Jimbo. So here's the thing. I hope it doesn't. And I say that only because I want there to be some moral standard in college football with college football coaching. I want us to get to some point where like you being good at coaching football is doesn't outweigh being like a good person. Yeah, Bobby Petrino, like in the level of uh, scandals, you're right. Like you said it. Like this is not. There's some a lot of worse things out there. He's a prick, and clearly, like the whole motorcycle, like it was hugely yeah. embarrassing. We've we've had this discussion with Hugh Freeze too. Yes, it's like, different, but it is. It's still kind of gross that we circle back to this, that we go to this. That we circle back to the same guys. And yet Jimbo yeah. is is doing it. Like he's doing what he needs to to not have to take some sort of really abbreviated buyout on his contract. Um, College football head coaches are like the girls who don't know their worth and continue going back to like the the bad um guy that doesn't treat her right yes this is yes <laughs> instead this is of this... making the effort it's so bad no, uh, it is, is just frustrating this is how the sausage is made to win championships it's, yep um it's it's so. very bad so bobby petrino is back um what sausages this is an awkward transition but sausages that will not be made uh <laughs> outside of sofi stadium at a tailgate okay no tailgating at the national championship I I haven't read about this other than I saw it on Twitter and people were like freaking out. Mm-hmm. What is the reason? Like, did they say? I don't think they have one. I don't think they gave a reason. I think it's mostly, I've heard that the, the parking situation outside that stadium is not great. I mean, tailgating really means just setting up like tables, food, all that stuff. It doesn't stop you from drinking around your car necessarily you know well that's what um, I'm, like i feel like it, there's probably going to be people monitoring to making to make sure that there's not like people sitting up there for hours and drinking but i i don't know how strict this is going to be i imagine there's some form of security but i also like i tweeted this like as if people from texas and georgia didn't hate the state of california enough so if i had to be like you know what we're gonna make it worse and make them just even more angry with us and say that we won't allow tailgating. I'm like, great, really? You had to do that? And also, it's college football. Like, that's part of it. Like, 
I know I don't think they let let it happen at the Super Bowl, but like this is college football. Tailgating is what it's all about. Why are we why? Why are they being the fun police? Can someone I, give I, us an answer? I don't understand. That's the point I was getting. I don't understand it. I it feels like this is not what we like about college football. We like tailgating, we like the pageantry, we like the the parade, we like all we the like build the drunk up to fans. This. We like the drunk well, fans. You you well, no, but we've been to games unless they're barking at you in a steakhouse. Yeah, I was just going to say. Are you are say. you emotionally prepared for that? Cuz that no, is No, I honestly I still haven't recovered from last year. I have not recovered I, from that moment and I was, I, I, was, I I wish was that like you. I could let it go. See, here's the thing. It's like I understand being excited that your football team won. Like I totally support the fact that like Georgia's mm. had to listen to Alabama all these years and gets really excited, but like don't bark at someone who's literally dressed in like neutral colors and not you. I'm not a fan of either team that you know of. Like you don't know me personally. You have no idea. Why are you barking at a woman who's by herself going into a hotel? Um, like that's creepy and gross. Get it together. So we don't love drunk fans, but we love that they get the opportunity to get drunk and root for their team. Just don't be gross. That's Just get right. ready for the the, the barking is going to be the barking all game. Actually, last year during the before this even happened, I I was in the press box and I remember just being like, Kramer, I can't do the barking. I can't do the barking. And also, hopefully, we are not sitting next to <laughs> I was Georgia. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about those fucking guys that we sat next to. Those two little like GoDogs.com media yes. guys. Who, Shout out to Go Dogs, but like all the respect in the world. But like, I don't could know. you I don't stop even... cheering and being more? Oh like you're in a God. press box. No, we are going to sit right next to them. In fact, they're going to be <laughs> like those for some context for anyone that's listening to the show for like a prolonged period of time. You know what we're talking about at the national championship last year. Paige and I sat next to, um, like, and look, I'm not the uptight media. media. No, we're not. We're we don't not. give a fuck. We don't, I don't care. Cheer. I don't care. Smoke a cigar. Whatever. But you had these two Georgia fans who were in the press box who were outright cheering, calling plays, yes. just having an open dialogue. It seemed like just they like were out fucking... loud. And here's the thing. The press box is pretty quiet. So, like, you can have a conversation with someone next to you. But they were speaking so loud that it was like everyone could hear them. Also, remember that guy next to me, the breathing the yeah, breathing like he sounded like. He was and also, dying. this last year we were still all worried about COVID. Oh. Not that we're not now, but it's still like oh. it was oh, very, yeah. very fucked. different. I do want to say though, there are I know Georgia fans. I will say like I worked with Eric Bowman, who um, oh yeah, Bleacher Report, and like great Georgia fan, super nice individual. So yeah. I'm not saying that that one fan or two fans were a reflection of all Georgia oh, fans. Oh Jesus! But I will say, just maybe chill on you're, barking you're, it. Strangers. You're walking. You're walking back the Georgia hate because you know what you're walking into. A Georgia no, I, uh, bulldog yeah. hurricane. No, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, my I just realized this now. I earlier I was like, yeah, I was wearing neutral colors. I my outfit for the national championship is red. I uh, I have actually thought about this. Um, oh, my wife is calling me. I usually turn my phone off. You Sorry. should answer it. Um, no, it'd be a bad idea. It's gonna be my kids asking me if I got them gifts or something. Um, okay. My family, by the way, is staying downtown tonight. So I'm going solo this evening, heading into a work trip. Very strange. Very strange dynamic. So you're not even, you're going to show up to the airport a little buzzed. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, that's a good. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. The 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 packing. Packing is um, gonna be interesting. Kramer's like, I'm Paige. I'm like, where are you, Kramer? He's like, yeah, I had to go to the mall because I forgot a shirt to wear to the yeah, title game. I love that the, the hangover. Like, we fucked up. That's gonna be me. Um, oh. Yeah. So I'm I'm childless. Hopefully, if they call again, I will answer. But if not, everything's fine. Um, but uh, I'm no, I'm pumped. Like we have a we have a great. We have to talk about this game. Yes. Um, last thing, too, before we do talk about this game, Sam Hartman officially to Notre Dame. Um, we, so we we will get him on this podcast. I uh, that He's the no-punts-loud quarterback that we... He, he, he is. Really, he, he is. is. He, he really is. And now that uh, he's going to Notre Dame, we are getting him on this podcast. One way or another, Sam Hartman will be on this podcast in the next year. It's happening. I, I'm putting out there. I, We're manifesting for 2023. I can't get over his beard, how awesome it is. You I, can I, ask him. You can ask him if he uses oils, all the no, things. No, it's, 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 it's an immaculate. But... It's a, well, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, perfectly reasonable for media members. We're criticizing the Georgia guys. And now we're we asking. And we're like, we can't wait to ask him about his do beard. You, do you use oils? Um, I um, All right. So we are going to be in uh, Los Angeles. We are going to be, there will be food. There will be drinks. We're placing our be, bets before we get there. Well, well specifically. some of us don't have to do that, but yes, okay. there will be. Um, but let's talk about the line. Let's talk about the game itself. So this has been through the ringer a little bit. So the the point spread now. And by the way, check out this amazing uh, good beer, too. Beer? This is a, around the bend a skull with a mustache on it. I can't remember if I've been villainous. Uh, very good. So perfect for title game preview. Yes. The number in this game now is 12 and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. The total is 62 and a half. So point spread opened around 13 and a half, got down to 12. Actually, earlier today, I think it was down to 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. The total in this game is 62 and a half. So we will get to picks. Um, you and I are going to be doing like VR live streams. We're trying to yeah. coordinate all this shit. We're, We're trying to coordinate actually having a live reaction for you guys after the game, which I think would be really fun. Yes, with beer. We do have to do a live stream the next day, though, so we can't be. Oh, God. I have to. Write. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure Woo! It out. Um, in any event, so what, what do you think of this game? Are you ready? Yeah. I think TCU is going to cover. I think. I thought you were going to say win. They're not done yet. We ain't done yet. I, do you. I, I I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm I am gonna sprinkle on money line. Absolutely. Money Absolutely. Line There's right no now. value in taking the over in this game. Although like the, the it will go over. But there's no value in it. I think TCU covers. I think twelve and a half is a lot for a national championship. Although I know what happened to Alabama. Um plus three fifty. Not bad. for TCU money line? Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm absolutely sprinkling on it. I look. I did not think that TCU was going to be able to hold up against Michigan, and I get that Michigan is not Georgia. I totally understand that, you guys. But I also just think there's like a secret sauce, and I think maybe TCU might have enough, it, especially to cover. Um. All right. I think Kirby Smart is going to go back to his roots, and I think Georgia. Is going to go back to good old fashioned Nick Saban murder ball. Michigan could not. Georgia can. They average over. You more think than Georgia's five. capable of that after watching what you watched? Yeah, 
I do well. They couldn't run the ball because they fell behind. So so I did some st- I did some dive stat diving. I, I hate obsessing over recruiting. Um, over the past five years, Georgia has landed twenty five five star recruits. Mm-hmm. TCU has landed one um, in that time, and it was Zach Evans. Um, now I'm not saying recruiting wins national championships. You we could have done this similar game with Michigan, right? And it would have been valid. Did go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Fisher. No, no, I was, gonna, I was no. gonna ask, did you look into transfers though? Um, because that's where mm-hmm. I say I think TCU might get to pad the stats a little bit more. Oh no, TCU and like they have the Thorpe Award winner, they have the best wide receiver in college football, or one football. of the best draft draft eligible one. I think that would go to Mr. Marvin yes. Jr. Just saying they've got a great yes. running back who, by the way, might not play in Keandre Miller, which I think is a big story in this. Um, and they have Duggan, yeah. who's a fucking stud. So, like, yeah. TCU, uh, you and I have talked about this. We may write about it. We may not. There is a blueprint here what TCU is doing that is really awesome and mm-hmm. really hard to duplicate. When I remember when Michigan State made the playoff, they had Connor Cook and Shalik Calhoun. They had, like, some really awesome players. And then they got waxed in the semis by Alabama. It was one of the worst games I've ever been to. And it's like, usually you don't make it this far. So TCU has done this. And if they win, by the way, this will be one of the greatest stories in the history of sports. I am not even saying that to be hyperbole. This shit does not happen. Unranked AP poll to begin the year to a national champion in college football at with where the game is now is unfucking heard of. It would be amazing. I, I Truly. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to catch up to them. I think that ultimately see, murder ball Georgia is going to come out and play but in this game. See, I the part that is getting me and holding me back from going, because look, I don't want to overthink this and and not look at Georgia like I did last year where I was like, there's no way they beat Alabama in this game. They just, they're not going to do it. I don't think they do it. And in this situation, like, having watched TCU all year, like, and I said this during the Michigan game, like this is every single game that TCU has been in all year. TCU is used to this pressure, used to this chaos, used to all of the things stacking against them. And outside of the big 12 championship game coming out on the other end of that. And I think for Georgia, I think the Ohio state game was best case scenario for Georgia to prepare for TCU because they were challenged in a way that they hadn't been all year. Now, if they had just gone in and waxed Ohio State, I think this would be a very different story going in. So I am hesitant to to put so much emphasis on how well TCU has managed all year and the fact that Georgia really hadn't had any pressure. But I will say, like, yes, in terms of in terms of coaching too, I think Kirby obviously making that timeout, like Call was like one of the best displays of of somebody who genuinely you know, there's been criticisms in the past of can the coaching keep up with the recruiting and all the other stuff. And that was certainly a moment to show, okay, yes, Kirby is there and he's in the same conversation as Nick in terms of quality of coach, not in terms of wins and all that stuff, guys, but in, in terms of, okay, quality coach, national championship coach, and can continue to do it. But I also like, I, I have immense faith in Sonny Dykes as well. So, like, it's hard for me to really, after seeing what I saw against Michigan with TCU and knowing what I know about Georgia and knowing even statistically looking at, you know, Stetson Bennett and throwing down the field. 
Like, they were forced into that situation, and yes, they had tied a, a tight end that could figure it out and, and definitely help them, and their wide receiver stepped up in ways that they haven't all year. But can they replicate that, and can that continue to, to move forward in the national yeah. championship game? Yeah, Bennett had such a bizarre game. 398 yards passing, scored four mm-hmm. touchdowns, had 20 minutes where it looked like he forgot how to play football. Yeah, well, and because he he hasn't been forced to throw longer than twenty yards all year. I think uh, there was a stat before the national or before the semifinals that only twelve percent of Georgia's passes were more than twenty yards. That was just attempted. Oh, but but I well, it's interesting too, and so much the point you bring up is pretty interesting because it's big pl- pass plays. Some of those were like broken plays. Yeah. Mitchell coming back where guys are just standing open. So much of this game was going to be risk assessment. And what I mean by that is if Georgia can't get a pass rush with its front, it's going to have to bring blitzers and it's going to expose a secondary. That's not that good. You're not no. going to fix Georgia's secondary. You're going to fix it by getting a pass rush. But if you don't, and Michigan tried this, it can fucking kill you. Quentin yeah. Johnson got the ball like four yards from the line of scrimmage and ran a bazillion yards. The same thing, though, I think can be said about TCU. You, they sold out to make some plays behind the line of scrimmage against yeah. Michigan, and it and it really worked well. And Michigan got off kilter and couldn't make plays. I'm curious about the aggressiveness in this mm-hmm. game. And yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, I think that's ultimately, really like, if you can get pressure on Stetson Bennett, like, don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. They have guys that can bail. I mean, they have big dudes that can bail him out in terms of if he gets it in the right area, they'll figure out a way to catch it. But if I'm looking at Max Duggan and I'm looking at Stetson Bennett and I'm going, which one of them do I trust in those sort of breakdown situations? I would go with Duggan. So that's why, like, in that situation, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I really don't. And I could I be, you can tell me I told you so and all no, that. But I, I just, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it after watching Georgia even play under pressure. I like, there's positives for sure, but definitely interesting. Georgia is not the immaculate team that it was last year. Yes, that exactly. Georgia, like I think yes. But but Georgia also like there was some weird shit. Jalen Carter did not play a ton in that game. Like there were some weird Georgia things. Um, Brock Bowers didn't get involved until the second half, and then like uh, you know I I expect that's going to change. I think they're going to run the ball with him. That dude, by the way, when he runs, it's like that is I've never I've never really seen anything like it with a tight end. Like yes. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just I'm excited because schematically it's a really fun game. Like there's yeah. some really fun shit, and Duggan extending plays is going to be huge, and Bennett making plays. Um, there's a lot. There's if a lot of elements to unpack here. Yeah, if you're like a football junkie and like an X's and O's junkie, this matchup is very oh, intriguing really cool. because you you're going to see maybe. It, Sometimes game plan is like stick to what is working well. I think this game plan is going to be like do what goes well until it doesn't and then shift because and I know it sounds silly in general because obviously you make that shift. But I think sometimes like people stick to what they know. I think it took Michigan a little too long to adjust to not getting the run like you and and like you have to make that adjustment. I'm curious to see these two coaches can do that and have the ability to do that and have the the team to be able to do that. But it's like, at what point do you make that adjustment and who's going to be forced to do it first? So you like TCU to cover. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like Georgia to cover. I don't love Georgia to cover. I like Mm -hmm. Georgia to cover. I like the under. You like the over. I think the over's an 
cash money. So here we are. I think we did this in last year's title game too. Uh, I think we've done it like the last three years. It, yeah. Not on purpose. It's just the way it works out. But I don't think I, the value is there on the over, so I don't know that I would put money on it because it's just not. Everyone's taking the over. I think over 90% of the bets are on the over. Yeah. and Because look the at the number, semis. I mean, whew. Well, that's it. People are going to be like, that's the kind of game. I'm. It, you're actually, it's funny. If you like TCU, I think you like the over. If you mm-hmm. like Georgia, I think you like the under. People are going to go down the route of like, oh, murder ball, ball possession. Like 62 and a half points is a shit ton of points, by the way. Like it is a lot. So I, I hope it's the over. I hope we see a game where they're just well, back beyond, and forth. I, beyond the betting, I'd love a wonderful football game. Like, yes, I, I want it to be close. I think that's why I'm really also good. pushing for TCU to cover is because I'm like, I want it to be close. Yeah, no, me too. So, all right. So we are heading out. Um, any final thoughts here we got we got shit we gotta do uh no i will say um i'm pumped i'm very happy that damar hamlin is showing positive signs Goddamn. Um, that is something i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about just a little bit in the sense like i know that we spend uh, most of our time joking around but um you and I in particular have caught conversations often about just like the respect level that we have for players, coaches, personnel. And I think um, that situation where like somebody's fighting for their life on the field, it you don't think it's ever going to happen. And then it does. And it's like very jarring. And it was like weird for me to think about like watching football again. Like the next snap of football I watch is going to be very jarring in the sense that just like you don't know when that can happen. And the likelihood of that happening is so slim. But when it does, it really does shake you and remind you that like these people are people first and foremost they are human beings and you would never want anyone to lose their life. And, you know, we love to have fun and joke, but... Um, I seriously reevaluated a lot of things because also like we criticize a lot of these players and a lot of the time and it's like it's crazy to think that sometimes we forget that they are human beings and so like if I took anything away from it it was and a lot of people I noticed in media talking about this and having this conversation is like yeah we get paid to criticize these people but first and foremost they are human beings and I think it will definitely give me pause when criticizing players and athletes because they are risking a lot in this sport um to you know entertain us essentially so i'm just glad that he's okay and i just i hope we never have to see anything like that again yeah that was haunting uh watching that live was haunting seeing the expressions from the players josh allen i don't know why like just seeing that was like i could not sleep like everybody else um i thought that Collectively, I know the NFL got ripped a little bit of um, not canceling the game quickly enough. And the resolution, as we're talking, is still being discussed. I actually thought collectively everyone did an amazing job. Uh, yeah. The whole five-minute thing was really strange. Who knows? Yeah, because um, the NFL said that they didn't actually say that. I, and, and I was pissed off about that in the moment. And even thinking about it now, I thought just the way Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark – the NFL, the fans, the medical people, that's incredible, like, to do something like that. I think a horrible, horrible situation was handled immaculately when you yeah. consider the stakes and what was going on. And I do think it's going to change 
Um, like you're going to have access to defibrillators in more places. You're going to like, I think this is going to change things for the better, uh, at different levels of football. And, mm-hmm. um, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm speechless. The stuff we're hearing today out of like from the hospital people is, yeah. is, is, is frankly shockingly great. And you hope yeah. it continues. Um, him asking if they won the game. Can you imagine waking up to this? And yeah. People donating to his toy drive, like all this information and all of the support that has gone on in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's just, it's it, the, th- the things we're hearing and you just hope it continues. I could, you couldn't ask for like better information than the stuff that we've been told today. Yeah. Um, uh, it's amazing. And it is, yeah. but yeah, you reflect on the sport and what people do and life as a whole, frankly, you could, you could go beyond just football and, and look at this a little bit grander in life and just say like, I got to look at things a little bit differently than maybe how I'm looking at them now. So it it is pretty remarkable. It is remarkable. And I think too, the other part of this is just like, if you are a football player and this is what you do for a living, you see that situation, whether you were there, you know, that has to be traumatizing for one. But the other part of this is seeing it and going, this could have been me. This could have absolutely happened to me. So I think, you know, the mental well-being of some of these players is, is, Super important, and I'm glad that that's a conversation that's being had because I think that's also something I know for T. Higgins, like oh even um, Hamlin's dad was like, please, 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 like make sure that he knows that you know he's okay. And I know um, I saw that he his dad talked to the Bills team today, and somebody said like they needed that, and I I can't imagine what it would be like to watch anyone you know go through this, and then have the evaluation that that could have been me or it, it just it's. It's all very heavy and a lot. And I'm sorry that we ended the show this way, but I did want to talk no. about it because it was no, I'm glad you it was did. outside of like sports. It was one of it was the largest story in, you know, the country for Monday night and Tuesday because it was and still continues to be because it was it 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 was bigger than sports in that moment for sure. Um and was No, it was huge. And and thank God we are hearing what we're hearing. Like Yeah, it's... absolutely. And also for everyone who's listening to this, like please learn CPR. Like I know that sounds really ridiculous and I'm like saying that to you, but like I watched a six minute video today on CNN's Instagram of like how to properly do CPR and how to actually like use a defibrillator. They show you in it, the defibrillator tells you how to do it. So definitely like watch those things, learn those things because in a panic, like your brain sometimes can forget things like be repetitive with it and know those things because most cardiac arrest situations happen not in a hospital. So um, especially if you're around sports, it's definitely a good thing to to know. What an amazing response by people that clearly knew what they were doing and had the confidence to do it. I I agree with you. No, I'm glad you brought it up. Actually, you know what? It's no longer really serious or downer it's like it's important and it's, it's important and it's to, yeah to to watch to watch a football game live which i haven't done all year strangely like i, I don't know i feel like we needed something like this and now i wait like doesn't mean it's completely safe it doesn't mean this won't happen again but you do hope the responses will be excellent as they were and continue to be and i don't know it's um just an amazing week it was a truly haunting scene yeah and, where we are now versus where we were then. I mean, it's like a 180. Yeah. So, and it's, um, I mean, I think it'll no. make it us all appreciate sort of what we do get to watch on a regular basis that we don't even think about the fact that there's that huge risk. But um, yeah, I'm excited to get to to LA and watch a live yeah, football game fun. and, and uh, have some fun. Beers. 
Here's here's on the plane. Uh, All right, guys. Yes, we will talk to you hopefully right after the national championship. Cheers. Thank you.